0: Fibers, welcome back to another episode of Find Your Fizz, the place where we talk all things happiness and finding your fizz for life. I'm Fizz Yassin, specialist yoga and meditation teacher, registered associate nutritionist, heart warrior, mental health advocate, and an all-round happiness fiber. This podcast is on a mission to share real, honest, joyful conversations about happiness, fueling up your fizz and all the good stuff in between. In each episode, I'll be joined by some incredible guests who are experts and inspirations in their field of work and are true advocates for living their fizz daily. So listen out for their weekly happiness challenges that they set. I'm so excited to share the conversation from this week because it was a truly special one and really sang to my heart because it was all about cake and yoga. Oh yes, my two loves for life. Growing up, my love for food wasn't near as much as my love for baking. And you may think, but Viz, you're a nutritionist. How could you promote cake and baking? Well, friends, remember, there is no bad foods. It's all about balance and really knowing how you can nourish not only health in a way of nutrition, but also nourish yourself with soul food. And this is what cake is for me. At the age of six, I started tearing out all baking recipes from, you know, those supermarket magazines and began making scrapbooks of the cakes that I wanted to bake. Um, My mum wasn't a baker and really still isn't so I started off with Play-Doh baking and I was very lucky to then start baking classes at my infant school and primary school. And I quickly realised how baking made me feel so good and my heart felt so happy for doing it whilst my health and the world around me was always spinning. And I found how throwing a few basic ingredients together could make others smile and make me a really happy child. And I never had the biggest support bubble around me and I pride myself in finding strength to get through a lot of what I have been through on my own. And I found baking became my biggest release. It was more than a fun activity or hobby. It became part of therapy for me. And I think that's such an, Amazing thing to really think about how things like baking can really be something that can support us, as well as you know how yoga supports us, and I'm a massive advocate for that, being a teacher and that being my full-time job. But yeah, there's just something about baking. And today I've got one of my favourite humans, Emmy May, who runs the cake and the yoga club. So she set up this whole concept of bringing the community together and sharing the practice of yoga and knowing what the art of TLC is, whilst also nourishing and having this soul food of cake after practice and really noticing how we can truly bring both cake and yoga hand in hand. It doesn't need to be what the wellness sort of world always tells us about green juices and yoga right it can be cake and yoga and ah she basically has this beautiful idea and it's a concept i truly do live for i do just want to say we did face quite a few technical difficulties recording this the sound quality going up and down my end but imi's voice is wonderful you can hear nice and clearly just apologize on my side technical difficulties you know COVID times still living on the zoom life, and my mic was just playing up a little bit but yes you can definitely hear so much love and compassion and joy from Immy herself so yeah she's the one that counts so let's dive into the show so we can hear more from Immy if you love cake and if you love yoga well, I have the founder of a club that will just be your cup of tea on the show today. Imi May is the founder of the Cake and the Yoga Club. Cake, pronounced cake, but spelt C-A-Y-C. <laughs> what a happy coincidence. She is on a mission to change the way we speak about the things that bring us joy. Combining her passion for the practice of yoga and cake. Imi is creating a nourishing community where everyone is welcome, usually based in London, but now across the virtual world, where she brings guest teachers on and holds regular baking and icing, masterclasses, to bring and share joy. Wow, well, this club is definitely my jam. So let's welcome my chum, Immy, on the show. Hi, darling.
1: Hello, my love. Oh, I'm just so honoured to be here. I It's just sitting through that is like an out-of-body experience. It's just oh. so some was in the best way so thank you that's so kind such lovely words
0: oh honestly it brings me so much joy that you are here and obviously tried to get all the cake references in that because that's what you're all about is you did well joy for cake and we were just talking about right what cake we're gonna have today and you said you've frozen some scones
1: Yes. I, yes. I have various baked goods frozen, um, because I think it's like a a future treat for myself. So, um, yeah, I have some scones, scones, scones. I never know what to say. I know. I never know. I change it all the time. (laughs) Those sometimes have some brownies. I know you've got some brownies in your freezer now um cookies oh just everything so if you make a big batch especially when we're in lockdown and um you know it's not so easy to share with all your family and your friends and you're there with this huge batch of baked goods um I mean of course I do like chow down quite a lot of them but (laughs) Yeah, I'm just gobbling baked goods that's what I'm what I'm good at um but if you freeze some of them and pop them away and kind of forget about them mm. and then on a you know on an idle Tuesday afternoon you think bloomin' heck I've got loads of good stuff in the freezer just get it out defrost one of your scones or your brownies pour yourself a cup of tea and you're good to go so anyway to go. TLC for yourself
0: Oh, I love that, honestly. But like you said, yeah, I do have some brownies in the freezer. So now I'm tempted to like, you know, defrost them after this and like have one.
1: Yes, go for it. It's so lovely. I think we've got to learn how to look after ourselves, like our previous self to do something quite nice for the future self. It's like finding like a fiver in your pocket and being like, oh, yeah.
0: Exactly. I feel so. Oh Well, how are you doing today, my love?
1: I'm doing good. I'm feeling... You know, you get that lovely feeling of brightness and optimism on those sunny early spring days where the sky is blue and it's not so cold outside. Um, and it just fuels my feeling of creativity um, and just that sort of inner lightness. So I, I just feel really happy and I'm sure most of us have that Feeling, um, and it's nice to just bottle some of that up and keep it for when the skies are grey again, which inevitably in England they will be. But yeah, I'm feeling slightly more hopeful today because at the point of recording this, had the announcement of easing yeah. of lockdown, so I'm feeling a little bit more hopeful.
0: I know, I know, and I think that's what we've all been waiting for, isn't it? Like, I think it's just that glimmer of hope that things are going to turn around and that they're going to be okay. And yeah. And it's, it's just riding the waves, isn't it? We're still all just riding the waves on a daily basis.
1: Yeah, taking it day by day, moment by moment. That is the most important thing, isn't it? And just, mm. yeah, allowing yourself to feel all sorts of feelings that come up, um, not put, putting too much pressure on it, I think. So, yeah, I'm enjoying my up day, but there are definitely down days as well. So.
0: Yeah, well... I'm just so glad that you can be part of the podcast because we were just saying as well how it's so funny in a space of year how much we've sort of disconnected but we've also reconnected, if that makes sense. Like, I'm sure a lot of people that are maybe listening, you they feel like, you know, they they felt so connected to people to begin with. And then you kind of started to disconnect with the world and the people, general life. And it, it got to a point where I felt like I just didn't want to say, oh, one day we'll meet again. Or hopefully we'll see each other in real life soon again. Even saying those words, it's just like staying hopeful.
1: Yeah, it's so difficult to know when to allow yourself to feel hopeful again because it got to so many points where it's like, oh my goodness, like this is just going to go on forever and trying to make plans almost, I think maybe it was like a, a protecting ourselves sort of thing of like, if you say things like, yo, we'll be able to meet up soon, but you don't actually know, then you end up feeling even more let down when you can't do those things. So I think we all maybe sort of became a little bit more internalized. I certainly did. Um, and you'd have the odd voice note from people but it it's nothing like you know meeting someone for a cup of tea or going for a walk with someone even when we're so far away from each other yeah so it feels good it feels good to just reconnect with people I really miss it it's just coming back to that community so
0: absolutely and I know you're all about community and I'm just so grateful that we did reconnect when I dropped you a message and I was like Amy do you want to come on to my podcast because I just love you and I miss you and i I just want to talk about cake and yoga.
1: <laughs> Why? I, yeah, exactly. Why not? And I was, I'm just honoured to be here. I really am. I always have this sort of imposter syndrome when mm. things like podcasts come up. It's so nice to have a chat with you. I just feel like we're having a chat. But um, yeah. Before we
0: dive deeper into the conversation, I just want to kind of like get a little bit of background about who you are and what you do now. So, yeah, please expand.
1: Yes, so um, I live in London, um, if you didn't know, listening to this, but I am originally from the Isle of Wight, which is the place where I grew up. It was bloody gorgeous Um, and I started to sort of make my way up to London when it was around university time Um, and I've been here ever since yeah so yoga's been part of my entire journey and of course so has cake I've just grown up with the stuff so yeah now I'm kind of finally mashing together my passions and it just feels feels so good to be doing something that I am so truly passionate about
0: Yeah, and I think that's such a credit to, like, your upbringing because I remember, like, you mentioning how obviously cake has been part of your life from growing up because you used to obviously bake with your dad.
1: (laughs) such an interesting one to reflect back on um, because like you said I began baking when I was really really young I mean I remember my grandparents especially like my grandma and my granny from either side just being such keen and insanely amazing bakers who would always have a cake on the table and so for me from a very young age it was was like this symbol of coming together as a family or as like that community and sharing something that brought everyone joy. and um, you know you can't see a big old Victoria sponge on a table and not smile. So it has such lovely memories. But then as I sort of was getting into school, um for every one of my friends' birthdays I would always bring in a cake I mean there was those you know probably not great cakes but they still made all the teenagers like grin and we're like gobbling up this cake for people's birthdays and I couldn't miss one because you know that would just be the worst so yeah it'd be me and my dad about 10 p.m the night before making cakes and I just loved it. it would have like really loud Stevie Wonder on or something and it brings back like really beautiful memories um So that has always been a part of, like, my life and what's really important to me. And then, of course, yoga, which came into my life in a very different way. Um, It was more of a medical, I guess, assistance to me as I have scoliosis, which... Yes, yes the sisters, um, which I discovered when I was probably about um, 15, 16. Cause I was carrying those stupid um, shoulder bags full of books. Um.
0: I don't know why we did that. Like, I really do contemplate my decision of, you know, carrying one of those bags where you've got five textbooks in it and you're just like, no, I'm just going to carry it
1: get the backpack have that nice hug and support your spine um says us yoga teachers but really you know I was sat there in the doctor's surgery I remember really sobbing because there were you know, considering things like the surgery to sort of straighten up my spine and all of these different brace options. But then, you know, we're thinking of what what can I do to support myself? And and they suggested practices like yoga and Pilates. And it was very much physical side of yoga, which was um, suggested for me. So that's how I began. But I do remember when I was even younger than that, going to like a little weird yoga retreat with my mum somewhere on the Isle of Wight. And I, I think I was about eight. And it was, I mean, this is very, very basic, not like the kind of yoga retreats people go on now. But I still remember all these years later, that feeling of just... Just calm, just ease. I I remember the smell of the place we were practicing in. Like I remember all of the senses and how it made me feel. And although there's sort of time between then and me actually starting to practice... It's always been something that I've really connected with. So yeah, those are like the two passions. And of course, you know, it started with just trying to straighten out my spine and strengthen the muscles. But as I grew older and, you know, ventured off the Isle of Wight and began uni, I still stayed with it. But it wasn't until being in my early 20s, working in PR, having a really, really busy Anxiety inducing job where I actually found such solace in that Friday night yoga class. You know, I wasn't out drinking, I was like at my local yoga class. And that is when I really started to connect with the wider practice of yoga. You know, that connection, just exploring how it made me feel internally. It wasn't about the strength, it wasn't about how my body was looking at all. It was all about, I don't know, that inner work and It was so special to me to start to discover it in that way and I really treasured it and all of that sort of snowballed into doing the teacher training. Yeah it's all kind of poured into where I am now and of course there's so many other factors that come into why I decided to create Cake and Yoga Club.
0: Because I know we kind of spoke about how you know it's really tough when when we start teaching yoga and You want to build that community that everyone feels like, you know, they're so welcome. Because I know that me and you both are very talkative, sort of happy, bubbly people, where, you know, we find that people come and land on the mat in front of us, especially in the city in London, but that's it. They don't really talk to anyone around them. And, you know, you want to try to show them that you can build friendships on the mat. And, it's a place just like any team sport where it can be like you know it can be for yourself but it can very much be that cooler that community that we say in Sanskrit right Mm -hmm. how you can build on that and that's something that I feel like is always missing and whatever I do in you know through my classes or workshops or like my own little clubs that I hold I always want to make sure that community is the heart of everything and i guess that's what you've maybe kind of tried to bring with the cake and yoga club right
1: oh my gosh yeah it's all about community that's for me was like what I found was missing from all of my experiences um, I mean there's been glimmers of it um, definitely in some of the studios in which I taught at sort of before we moved into this pandemic situation but I did notice you know after doing my 200 hours venturing into the world of teaching in studios um, and all of that came with it like you just said you know people would come in you know put their bag down roll out their mat do the practice And then just leave without talking to anyone, without even talking to me sometimes. And it was just such a transactional situation. And I totally understand that people are, you know, busy at all times for some reason in central London. But it was was really sad um, the way that yoga has become this, I, I don't know, I think a lot of the soul of yoga has been forgotten. And it's just seen as this physical practice, which for me that is just a shell of what it's supposed to be Um, and there is a lot in the philosophy of yoga about it you know it's all about that that joy of togetherness of, of you know coming together as a community to celebrate that movement and that connection and I felt that that was really missing and that's the part of yoga that really you know makes me feel alive so teaching these classes and I mean not only that not only the lack of community but the way people talk about food I mean you know I just I love all food I love all cooking but cake in particular Um, and those are the things that people seem to think are bad or negative or naughty or I really hate it
0: I don't like it
1: because they're not naughty at all um, you know. I
0: hate it when people are like you know I actually uh, pulled someone up on this where they were like oh yeah I can only eat clean and I'm like what does that mean like rinsing it underneath this tap? Yeah. like you know what does that mean even as a nutritionist you know it's so important that we don't put foods into like good or bad because all foods bring us something whether that's you know actual nourishment and vitamins and minerals or if it gives us soul and it gives us happiness like I think there's always two different ways to really look at food and connect with food
1: yeah absolutely I I mean hearing it coming from a nutritionist as well like just proves my point and you know telling people to eat cake all day every day and nor would I ever say to someone to practice yoga all day every day but there's such a strange narrative around things that are deemed good and things that are deemed bad and the guilt attached to the bad stuff and the sort of way people almost punish themselves with movement even yoga as a punishment or as a way that they then can eat the cake afterwards if they do that but if they haven't done that then they shouldn't eat the cake it's just wild and it's something that I personally have been working on for many many years and you know same with the calorie counting you know I had many students come to class when I taught hot yoga to say you know oh, how many calories do you burn in a hot yoga class like I, I just want to know how many calories like on average and I had to you know of course you have to be really respectful to any person that steps into your space Into your class, but I really found it all very triggering, maybe, because it brought back things that I've really done my work to move past. And so, with all of these experiences teaching in London and really coming back to the roots of like what I needed from the practice and what nourishes me, I decided that it was about time that I brought the two together um, and really started to set the foundations and start to build a community that aligns with. I guess my values and what I want to put out into the world and how I want to change the way we speak about the things that bring us joy. I think if I could put it into a sentence, it would be to change the way we speak about the things that bring us joy.
0: Absolutely. I, I really do love that. And I love that you brought up the point about, you know, people still calorie counting and people still trying to earn to eat food and i think that's the hardest thing especially in the yoga community we don't really talk about it but a lot of people do yoga for fitness we know that and a lot of people will come to a power class or a hot yoga class because that's where they're going to burn the most calories that's where they're going to like you know start to f- build up definition and you know become stronger we totally understand that from obviously our own physical sort of practice we've been able to understand how you know the physical practice obviously does make us stronger and it does make us better in terms of other exercises but we shouldn't really put the spiritual practice of yoga into sort of the form of okay this is a workout if that makes sense yeah for me that breaks my heart whenever people are just like right yeah I'm just here for the the workout and I'm just like no like that's not what yoga is it's not a workout and I always say yoga is not a workout it's a work in
1: it's a working yes yeah I love that it really is it's all about that connection and it's it really has like sort of moved so far away from what it really is I mean I know there's a lot of conversation about that um, around that at the moment which is which is really good because we do need to um, just observe how things are going within the yoga industry and how, how it's being perceived from from the outside um, and I, I guess it's down to us as teachers to try and you know be um, I guess be compassionate to people about you know I guess there's misinformation out there because the scene is just like yeah you can either do a hit workout or maybe you can do yoga or all these things and- um, I always think that with the practice, yes, it can be really challenging and, and it can make you sweat and people seem to be shocked by that um, as if to be like, oh, it's so a yoga, oh my gosh, it's a workout. It's like, no, 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 that's not what we're saying, but it's, it's, um, it's challenging for the mind to keep the focus in the breath and the connection and it's a practice that sometimes manifests On the mat but it's all about bringing it off the mat as well so if you are in challenging situations you know it could on the mat that could be a really difficult i don't know warrior two if you find that really hard but off the mat as well it's you're in a difficult situation it's not a pose but it's still difficult and you're learning through the practice of yoga in a physical sense to keep that sense of ease and breath and calm in the places that you find uncomfortable, and that, for me, that's what I learn on the mats. Um, and I'm not thinking about <laughs> I'm not thinking about my arms or my abs or my bum or anything. I'm more thinking about okay, how can I best like focus my mind? That is my mission. Um, and so I'm just trying to like convey that a little bit as well. I'm coming out of my body and yeah, more so into my mind.
0: Yeah, and. I really do love that. Like, you know, I am a firm believer how we can really carry yoga off the mat. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: um, I do that in so many different ways with my volunteer work and really, I think what we recognize is whatever we're learning on the mat in terms of if you understand the eight limbs of yoga and you understand like say the niyamas and yamas, like, you know, the acts of noble living and the quality way we can really build on the quality of our lives. We can really share that with others around us yeah yeah like things practicing things like I think we've all had to practice it a lot like non-attachment throughout this whole time not attaching ourselves to certain things and you know releasing away from situations to you know non-stealing and non-violence like we all know all these wonderful practices if you know you go to teachers that really do dive in and teach you this it connects you deeper to the real world
1: Oh, my gosh. It was like a light turned on, like when I began learning about the eight limbs and all of these factors. It's like, wow, that's incredible. And it's so joyful to dive into that a bit more. And it is, um, you know, as teachers, it's we can drop things in. But it's not so easy to, to sort of sit down with people and say like, look, ah, these are all these things that you can go away and think about. And this is what we, you know, this is how we do it on the map. But this is how you can do it outside of that as well. And there's much more to yoga than than I think what people what many people perceive. So it's exciting to be in a position to be able to sort of build a community off of that.
0: I think yoga is all about sharing. It's all about, you know, living. You know how much I, I speak out about the heart and the heart work and us really feeling that heartfelt conversation in in just life. That's what's going to really, you know, navigate what well-being is for all of us and how to find that happy mindset.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's so different for everybody. And I always say, I mean, I guess the sort of tagline for Cake and Yoga Club is the art of TLC, because it really is an art form to find those things that nourish us um, and to find the things that make us feel good um, and make us sort of have, you know, finding that sort of fizz that you're all about as, you know, on each given day, that is so different for everyone. So it's all about not having a sort of set of rules, I guess, that we do to make us feel good. It's about understanding and learning what, what we need as individuals. Um, but I do think, what we need a lot of the time is is coming together and feeling that sense of belonging in a community and a sense of openness because the other thing about I guess isolated practices in studios is that you definitely don't feel that you can make friends and I blooming I mean I'm sure you can tell I like chat and make friends and connect with people and it, it feels like really I mean maybe it's um, growing up on the island where like every single person you pass by in the street you're like oh hello how's your family yeah. maybe not quite that like that but it's very much more open I guess in places that are outside of London and it's such a beautiful place to be in the city and I think if people just maybe became a little bit more open and maybe we will after um, you know after this massive shift of the pandemic and I think that community and sense of belonging and moving together perhaps it will make us release a couple of barriers and we will be more open I hope but before all of this I found you know, myself as a practitioner going to classes, um, especially if I was in a new area, you'd really want to like maybe chat to someone if they're on the mat next to you. But there was no real openness to do that. Maybe there wasn't an enabler. So with Cake in the Ochre Club, the invitation is that you come along to the club um, and you can bake a cake And sometimes we set a theme and sometimes it's just bake whatever makes you happy. And um, so people would come and you'd see them coming from all directions with their cakes. And of course, you don't have to bake. You can just come and enjoy everyone else's. So nice because everyone plonks their cakes on the table. Some people bring Prosecco, some people bring other like soft drinks. Everyone's welcome. Um, And then after our practice, and it's always quite a nice fun practice, we come together around this table like a sort of big communal family and we tuck into the cake. And that for me is the, I guess the vehicle towards connection and making conversation because it's a little bit more easy when you have cake for some reason people just they drop their shoulders they relax they've just done a yoga class they're feeling pretty good and they can talk about their recipes and when the same people come back time and time again they've taken the recipe gone away and you know baked it for all their flatmates or their family and then the next time they come to cake and yoga club they're like oh how was the recipe and they're like oh it's great everyone loved it and You know, people make friends through taking the yoga club and and take them away from the club. And I just, that is, you know, when you're watching everyone talking and it's so loud and everyone's laughing and smiling and just, it, it really is like such a, I don't know, it really sends those shivers again because that's my purpose. I really do think that. And it's what really makes me happy. So I just can't wait to be able to see that happen.
0: Joy is not just in the practice of yoga, but joy is in the practice of even like, you know, baking is a therapy in itself. And I'm such a firm believer. And I've always said this, like, you know, I know you've gone through anxiety and, you know, a lot in your past. But I always used to find baking cakes was my therapy tool and I always say this I feel like it's a CBT in itself so if you've ever done CBT before it's all about you know changing your mindset in the way the patterns of your brain right but I feel like cake does that like the creativity that goes into like building flavor but texture and really knowing Mm -hmm. what the right temperature is and knowing how to like you know ice it to decorate it I always found such a therapy and it's always lived within me And I know you do the same, don't you?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, just hearing you say that, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Well, because you have to learn, you know, things go wrong in baking. So it's always like a practice of yoga. Oh, it is yoga in itself because there is that sort of, you kind of had to like let it go a little bit. Things go wrong and you have to be, you know, (laughs) just whatever. Let's find things happen and let that creativity sort of unleash be patient as well and yeah sometimes following the rules but sometimes knowing when you actually want to deviate and just have a bit of fun i really love just getting into the kitchen putting my hair up and baking or just decorating or whatever it might be in any capacity it just really like is so good for the soul and i love sharing it but the whole process of baking sharing eating cake is so nourishing and I just wanted to share that joy and definitely like you said with anxiety that has been a real piece of work (laughs) for myself for a really long time and I'm so grateful that I stuck to that work because it you know it was so awful in my early 20s um, and it did follow me for a while but it definitely does take That time to step away and really notice, I guess, the art of TLC. Like, what do I need today to provide myself with some space to nourish myself? What can I do to be kind to myself today? Really having that sense of honesty as well. I think a lot of the time when I was in my late teens and early 20s, I was not honest with what I needed. And I think when you're younger, I mean, sometimes people are very like intuitive and they know what they need from any age. But I found that, you know, I guess with drinking and, and going on nights out or even with work and being expected to get that graduate job and work in an office and do all of those things that you're supposed to take off. I kind of fell into that, I guess, and it really didn't work well with, with my brain. Um, and I had so many awful panic attacks and it just felt like at moments it really felt like there was no way out. And I felt like I was just always gonna have this. And I think I said this to you before, it wasn't even like, it wasn't even bad things. It, it was just too much of anything that would send me into a panic attack. And, you know, it got to the point where I was like, right, that like, this is enough. I really don't want this to define my life. Like sometimes I would just be walking along the street and it would just, it was almost like a simmering bubble all the way up to the top. And I would just explode into tears. And I just sort of like walking. I was like, I wasn't even, I don't even know what happened there. And I guess that's just what anxiety is. Um, so, you know, of course, stepping onto the yoga mat and moving my body and breathing and being led in that way really did help. But it's not just that, it's its addressing the other things as well, which, also comes down to eating um, and all of the things that we had to well I had to unlearn from I guess my childhood my teenage years there was a lot that I needed to work through um, and observe in myself and um, that sort of like inner language and chatter that goes on I guess it's a continuous work that I I do because things do sometimes bubble up those intrusive thoughts of like oh maybe You know, maybe you've had too much of that or maybe you shouldn't have the cake today. And it's all about noticing when those negative thoughts come up, if they're thoughts of anxiety or sort of restrictive eating, those kind of things. Recognizing them, catching hold of them, sitting with them for a moment, taking a couple of big deep breaths and then letting them go and then having a big slice of cake. (laughs) (laughs) You know, being really compassionate and kind to yourself and accepting as well, because we're only human and no matter how much work we do with things, you know, stuff still bubbles up and that's okay.
0: When did anxiety start for you?
1: Oh my gosh. Um, I remember being a young child and uh, for some reason being late was a real trigger for me. And I I think, you know, most people feel a little bit uneased when they're going to be late for something but it it terrified me. The just the thought of disappointing someone and being late terrified me. And I remember I've got two odd brothers and they were, um, you know, teenagers then. I was the, I'm the youngest and they would sleep in and I'll be sat in the car, the engine would be on, I'd just be like crying. And I think I was having a panic attack at the time, but, you know, back in those days, anxiety wasn't really something that was discussed so openly. And I was just sort of going completely crazy in the car. And I remember my dad just like, it's okay, I mean Calm down. It's all right. It's okay. You're going to get there. They're not going to be angry at you. I've always been a very happy child and very relaxed, but I did have those moments. And I think we all do. Um, But then growing older, it wasn't really until, I don't know, maybe my late teens. And I think drinking didn't help. Uh, It always made it worse. I remember being at a music festival and being in a big crowd and it just being so much and i'd have panic attacks then and i don't really drink much anymore because it's just not worth it um and then it really got bad i think the worst it was was when i was um like working in an office and living that fast-paced london lifestyle of commuting every day and yeah oh my gosh big breath it's like oh so much isn't it and that that is when my anxiety was at its worst but now I haven't had a panic attack for I'd say like three years probably yeah. around about then
0: uh, that's such a credit to like you doing the work and I think you've yeah. done so much work because we sort of touched on how you struggled with your body and you struggled with an eating disorder as well so do you want to speak a little bit more about that only if you're willing to
1: oh share? Uh, Oh yeah, 100%. I I really want to open up the conversation about, um, about all of this, about anxiety, about all the things that we so often deal with alone. You know, Cake and Yoga Club is a place which is open to absolutely everyone. That's probably what I needed. I'm just creating what I really needed at the time. And I always say how much I would how much I'd give to go back to when maybe I was 15 or 16 and sit down with that girl um, and just really say some like home truths and really, you know, just have a nourishing chat with her because at the time, I think we're moving away from it now. I mean, maybe not, maybe I just don't engage with it, but there's so many toxic beliefs about food that was so difficult to kind of Get separation from you know like all of these different fad diets that maybe our parents used to do, and um, someone at school who I was close with had um had an eating disorder quite severely. And as a sort of like random happy kid, I'd just eat anything. Sort of she would say, "Oh no, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna eat that," and then I would kind of register what she was saying and apply it to myself, which unknowingly maybe. I kind of led myself into a really terrible hole of downloading my fitness pal and looking at my calories and having like a newfound interest in calorie counting. And at uni in my first year, I, oh gosh, I would like eat baby food, but you know, at the time it was just awful. And I was very lucky because I was landed with um, just wonderful people at uni who we would cook a lot as a flat. So I think initially they probably noticed I had a little bit of a problem because of you know what what I was or what I wasn't eating and what I wore and just things like that, little warning signs. They would cook for me a lot of the nights and I would sort of ignite my my love for food again and slowly move away. And then, of course you know, I started practicing more yoga and it wasn't until my teacher training where I had this like really weird moment um, of just, no, this is not about how I look. This is so far about how I look. Because I do think my, I guess, eating slight slight I wouldn't say it was full-blown eating disorder but just slight you know dipping towards that direction and it did filter into my practice and, and I was kind of you know in some ways looking at how my body looked and, and I had this moment I was like how amazing is our like human body it's just incredible it's absolutely just mind-blowing how much of a fantastic tool it is how it helps us and supports us and how we can strengthen it to, to I guess you know move through an asana practice with ease when it used to be difficult or how it makes my mind feel right at the end where you feel the energy just like buzzing through your body and it's not about how it looks it's just and it it's like this huge weight just like lifted. it makes me so excited when I even think about this moment because it was like that tangible moment where I felt my whole perspective just shift and it was like really special and I definitely still notice you know things cropping up you know I think with lockdown and there's so many things that pop up on Instagram like oh your lockdown weight or even recently with the lifting of lockdown people were like oh now it's time to yeah. get your beach buddy on I'm like no no um, it's not about that at all and it is quite triggering Um so I guess if you brought all of the eating the um, anxiety all the way around you can really see why I do what I do maybe um, when you know the full story. It's it's just what I feel we all need. Yeah, maybe if you've had similar experiences or maybe if you haven't, it's it's just a nourishing space. Just come as you are and you're welcome.
0: I always believe that and I think something that you kind of, said there if you could go back to your 15 16 year old self I've actually been doing inner child meditations I'm currently doing my meditation teacher training and something that I'm having to do is go back and speak to the girl that I used to be and uh, there was a lot of loneliness when I was younger um, because I spent a lot of time in hospital with um, being born with a heart condition and I think something that I learned through that was the fact that you know Everything you put in your body and everything you gift yourself is all about just finding love for yourself and really mm. nourishing yourself and going back and telling that little fizz or that little emmy, hey, I'm here. I'm I'm here with you. I'm gonna I'm gonna walk with you every single day and know that you are not on your own and that things will get better and you know you you are not weird, you know, because we're we're both very like, you know, bubbly personalities and very out there. But I think there's a sense of sometimes what you go through in life makes you want to be the opposite
1: mm, absolutely. and
0: recognize very quickly how they were just trying to change who you were.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I think it's um, it's all a journey of like finding out what, I guess, like what authentically you want to be doing and falling away from the expectation of, I mean, expectation of yourself from others and Yes like presenting was something that I thought I wanted to do maybe because my acting teacher said oh you know what you'd be a great presenter and it kind of made me think oh maybe yes I will be yes I'm going to be a presenter and I think at that age you're so impressionable that um that became my goal and still family members think oh Imi when you you should definitely still be a presenter it's just so much like rejection and I know rejection is a part of life but I would rather just choose if I you know if I wanted to be part of that um and I don't want to, I don't want to like, be rejected like that. It's just not something that I want to do with my life. Um, and I want to, I guess, representing. presenting, you kind of just take what you're given, I guess what you, you know, if you audition for things, you just take it and you should be happy. But I really care about doing something that aligns with me and my values now. Um, and I've just shifted, like it, it felt really oh like it felt really icky going to auditions and just being another I don't know it just and felt feeling so much that you were being judged obviously because you were yeah. um, but it's interesting to like step foot I guess into those different lives I guess and have those different experiences um,
0: absolutely and I think I was just going to refer back to how you know as a yoga teacher we are embedded with you've got to be authentically you we don't you know bring judgment onto the mat let the ego go only to like you know go into a job and I'm not saying you know I I am all for people living their dreams and I've always said I've wanted to be a blue Peter presenter and that still very much lives in my heart if you know oh, me it was so good <laughs> I you know it's always been a part of like my childhood dreams I'm like one day I want to be a blue peter presenter but with that as well I think you know you quickly realize how much you know the entertainment industry is full with judgment and you are basically doing a job that is going to get critiqued all the time
1: oh yeah oh my gosh yeah I'm manipulated as well like do you know what? I was just thinking when you said about the blue peter presenter isn't it it 's very interesting because when we think about doing these big things you know on national television and it's so exciting it's almost like it means more than what we do in terms of our actual community because I'm sure people listening know this but you make the most enormous difference to so many people's lives wow. and you know when you look up to your blue Peter presenters because you know they're so bubbly and full of life and creative you're not really connected to them that you are inspired and they make you smile but you actually I feel like what you're doing now is so much better than that it's so much bigger than that because what you're doing you know even dressing as a dressing as you're often going around making people smile like that is so blue peter actually you're doing it in real life you know I don't see actual blue peter presenters like doing things like that so Maybe you're doing that, but on the most authentic level. And I just feel like we gotta recognize that. And yes, I might not be broadcast on loads of TVs, but I found my community and the people that I connect with, and I can actually connect with them. And it feels so much sweeter that way. It's just letting go of the things that maybe we're told to care about, like having lots of numbers, lots of followers on Instagram, all of these things. But finding those I don't know little nuggets of communities and people that we can really make a difference in
0: yeah I love that and thank you for saying that that just kind of gave me goosebumps but I think you are so right and I always do say this as well like sometimes we kind of in our minds we feel like it's always that go big or go home, right? How, like, if you don't get to a national level or, you know, really representing your true you to the world on national TV, then you are have not succeeded in life. And it's not about that. I think, you know, we sometimes fall into that space where we feel like we do have to be that big, you know, voice with all that following everything. But recognising actually... You can do everything you've wanted to do, but at a smaller level where you are connecting to actual human people and not just numbers on Instagram, who are going to start following you. And maybe if you do become famous or whatever, one day they'll just pass by you and we'll take a picture of you with them. But truly there's no connection there. There's literally nothing
1: no exactly there's no no authentic connection and I really want to leave behind you know gosh like speaking in the future now but I I want to be doing this for my whole life and I want to leave behind such a lovely um I guess like legacy of connection and doing things that make you happy and I just I don't think I can do that on that huge level just thought of a quote It's just simply the art of wanting what you have. So poignant, isn't it? It's like, I want what I already have and really knowing that and feeling it like authentically, I guess. We always want more, want more followers, want more recognition, want more this and more that. But I'm just wanting exactly what I have in this moment, like the community that I have right now. I'm not overlooking them and wanting. More. I'm just very grateful for what's going on right now. And um, that's a practice I really want to like nourish. I think going forward is just that real, you know, let's slow down, like let's just enjoy what's going on right now. It's
0: so true. Like, especially like we're talking about how the past year we've all been forced to slow down and we've been forced to kind of like really get into our internal sort of selves and. Everything we want and everything we need, if we can really look at it into, I guess, in our consciousness and our higher self, let's speak in sort of meditation and yoga terms, it's all here. Mm. It's all within us. We're doing exactly what we want to do. And maybe you haven't got to the point that you've wanted to at this moment in time, whether you know that's a career or whatever, but really recognizing, like you said, it's those little things, it's the joys in our lives that truly connect us to just, feeling our higher selves, feeling conscious with our own body and our mind and our soul.
1: Yeah, completely, completely. And we have to like take moments to pause, just really notice that.
0: And how do you like find this, positivity and optimism all the time I know we're both exactly the same that we are just like we could just turn it on just like that
1: I definitely vary in terms of like how optimistic I feel and I you know genuinely I I do most of the time feel really happy unless you know it's that time of the month you know I've really been like looking into my cycle recently and you know
0: so interesting isn't it
1: it's so interesting and i've been trying to harness that recently so right now i'm coming into my spring um you have that beyonce hormone coming up in um yeah but you know when you go into your like autumn and winter basically you know when you're about to come on i'm a lot more introverted a lot more you know i just i just want to be quiet um it's just, it's very interesting to notice those waves of yourself and to really respect them rather than to fight against them. So if I do have a day where maybe, um, I have a little edge of anxiety and I always notice it's learning those, those warning signs, I think from very, very early on. So it's knowing when maybe you feel that you can't take a full breath, you know, and it's like, Ah, like I can't quite do it, and I know when that happens, it's because very low level I'm starting to feel anxious. And before, um, I would just let that happen, or I'd panic about it, or I'd just start, you know, spiraling. Um, but now I just recognise, okay, I am going to really do my best to look after myself today. So I'm gonna read a chapter of my book. That's one thing I'm gonna do. I'm going to make it my business to get out of the house onto a walk. Um, I'm going to call my best friend. I might even do a yoga class. I mean, you know, there's all of these things, but it's, it's knowing those things that you can do, you know, the art of TLC for you right now today, you know, maybe you're super busy, but perhaps you can stop and go to your favorite place and grab a coffee or, you know, I I know this sounds like ridiculous, but it's just that things help me top myself up um, and, Some of those days, none of those things work and I still feel rubbish and that is okay. And it's just knowing that that is totally fine. But really, I think I said at the start of this recording today, I'm feeling really positive, really uplifted. And I think it's probably something to do with sunshine, but bottle that feeling up and like keep it somewhere in your brain. So when you are having those days where you're feeling flat or you're feeling a little bit low or anxious, just notice how you felt on that sunny day and you may not be feeling that way today but just tell yourself that one day you will feel like that again it's there and it's coming and it's okay if you don't feel like that right now you know watch Aladdin (laughs) eat some cake do things that make you feel a little bit better even if you need to just have a good cry um, and hug someone
0: I love it and that is such a way of finding a happy mindset I I truly believe that like even just shaking things up on a day-to-day basis got my first vaccine and even with that I was just like how weird this is that you know it's such a big celebratory moment of just getting a vaccine which I know all my my life I've been poked and prodded in hospital but like you know to just get this it just felt like a lifeline like one out of two lifelines so far.
1: Office, I'm so glad I know it's interesting isn't it how how it's such a like huge moment for people but you know we've gone through this this really like intense period of time it's it's been Oh gosh, just such a journey for many, many people for so many different reasons. And as we start to, you know, have brighter days and you see your loved ones getting vaccinated, and it, yeah, it's quite emotional, isn't it? It's like, yeah,
0: yeah like I was so pleased. And of course, I went and got cake to celebrate straight after. I Me, mean, of course. Like, of course, a vegan coconut and cherry cake, <gasps> which was, oh my gosh, it was divine. I was just, over the moon that I managed to get my first vaccine yeah if you're listening and you've maybe had to shield as well it's just been such a tough journey
1: (laughs) we all deserve a lovely summer after after all of this full of connection and community um and I I do know that there's going to be a whole range of feeling about the lockdown easing um and however you may feel about that I completely sort of there's no right or wrong way to feel I think it's very personal um but you know don't feel forced in any way to do and any, you know anything that you don't feel comfortable doing you know you've got to look into yourself with that compassion that we've been speaking about and really notice like what is it that you need you know yeah. be be kind and set those boundaries if you would like to
0: as we start to softly come out of this, it is just being really soft with yourself. Like maybe one day it is, okay, I'm going to step outside and I'm going to take a walk. Okay, great. Now, next time it's like, okay, I'll start to meet one person. I'll meet a friend. And just really softly. And then maybe then it comes into, okay, I'm ready to walk into a restaurant when we're allowed in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And just trying to normalize things for yourself, like in little baby steps, oh. um, especially if you're struggling with anxiety or oh my gosh, I don't even know if I can come into a yoga studio. And that's really hard as a teacher because obviously we're, we're all like, we all need the yoga. We all need to, to like come back into it.
1: Yeah, do you know what I was thinking about when it comes to the practice and with students as well and feeling comfortable about stepping back in, you know, being next to someone who's just rolled out their mat and you know, you're used to doing it in your in your bedroom. But yeah, it's going to be an interesting transition, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. Absolutely, and you do say the tagline of the art of TLC. What does that mean to you?
1: So the art of TLC is just like is an art. Um, so it's very vast, with many, many, many different meanings for every different person. Because a lot of the time, people speak about self care, and I guess I think it's become a bit of a buzzword, hasn't it? Like self care, and when people say it, they think about you know a, a lovely bubble bath, which you know, of course bloody love a bubble bath and you know all these different things it's like classic textbook self-care but the art of TLC is that but on a very individual basis so we are all so different. So TLC for someone might look like going and doing some boxing for another person it might be going and doing like you know dancing salsa or cooking a really delicious meal or you know sharing a bottle of wine with a friend. You know, that is my TLC. It makes me feel good and it's recognizing what those things are for you and accepting that and trying to weave them into your life it's
0: like having a little mini like toolbox yeah
1: exactly and which you can create you know just like as as you go along create those tools that you need for yourself and I, I guess we call one of our classes the art of TLC and and that's our restorative class, I would say. So before COVID times, we would get together in a in a venue called Bank & Bow. So we would go there and I would create this massive vat of um, chai latte. Oh, and I'm
0: a chai obsessed. Anything with chai, I'm a lover.
1: Yes. And that's another, so strangely, when I was a lot younger as a child, because on the Isle of Wight, it's um, East Host Festival. Yes. So um, I used to go there when I was a, a child and they had this place at the top of the hill called Solace and so weird now it's like coming to me and um, we would always go there like me and my friends and they would have a huge vat of chai latte which they'd always be like topping up and it was free so they'd have like lots of mugs like donations and you'd go and you'd just like put a ladle of like your chai latte and there was free cake as well and um, maybe that's like weirdly um, inspired me but yeah, we'd go up there and we'd just sit there for hours, just chatting, like people watching, drinking our chai, eating cake. And it was just so lovely and such a beautiful community at the festival, which is, you know, all about coming together as a community and celebrating like life and like music and dance. Um, anyway, so, we come together in Venk and and we'd have chai at the start. And um, I'd love making a chai loaf as well or any sort of cake. Um, and we'd have all of that, get nice and cosy. And then, you know, take your chai latte, put it, you know, by your, by your mat. And it would just be a practice of, you know, slowing things down, using all of like the bolsters, the blankets, everything. Really beautiful playlist and just, ah, just oh. a way decompress and that's what we call the art of TLC but of course you know that that off the mat that can mean totally different things to everybody but that's just how we are naming our classes
0: oh I just love that like honestly I think there's some richness in just the name of chai like I think a lot of people maybe that not aware that chai is a very much an Ayurvedic practice and something that has come from like India and um, obviously being an Ayurvedic yoga teacher and growing up with Ayurveda in my life chai has always been something that's been part of my life like all all I can remember is my mum brewing chai and giving Mm. it as a young gal and it's always just lived part of me and if you yeah obviously watch my Instagram stories every day it's chai day.
1: Chai, as it is there's like um, a soother of like you know all the warming spices.
0: Spices yeah (laughs) it's funny how people have got different practices that they don't recognize are actually practicing yoga already like you know Ayurveda is a sister science of yoga and it's simple things like you know if we're feeling cold one day obviously we're going to have a nice warming cup of something delicious and wholesome Mm. and that's already like you know balancing out our doshas as we call it because Ayurveda is all about the doshas.
1: What are you? I mean I could guess but I'm not going to.
0: So I'm a mixture of vata and kapha.
1: Oh no pitta.
0: A little bit of pitta but more more dominant in uh, vata and kapha.
1: That's really interesting. Yeah
0: I know. I know.
1: Surprising I think sometimes people just like automatically go to pitta sometimes. I would say pitta. Um, I'm also you know fiery. I'm a fiery Aries so maybe that is um, why. But it is balancing that out and that could be you know even we do it naturally i guess even if you know weren't sure about ayurveda and also like the doshas maybe you know when you're feeling really hot you need cooling foods cooling practices to sort of bring you down um, and it's just being intuitive to yourself of like what what do you need
0: yeah and it's finding that balance and i think you know the art of tlc for me is like you know balancing out those doshas like i live my life on a regular basis we're made up of the three doshas But it is about, you know, reading the energies in your body and really working with them, which I think you're basically saying with cake and yoga, it's reading that energy and really noticing what it is your body wants to be nourished with.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, exactly. What do you need? Because, um, you know, everyone's welcome. So you may come to cake and yoga club and you just want a little bit of something, you know, not too sweet, but it's like noticing like, what is going to nourish you? There's no expectation. You don't have to have a slice of every cake or you don't need to do every um, posture we we move through. You can just lay down on your mat, knowing what you need and, you know, really indulging in that and enjoying it as well.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> uh, honestly, all those tips are absolutely amazing. Uh, I just wanted to ask, have you got any fun facts about cake?
1: Oh my gosh, please do freeze. Because I think a lot of the time we just, we we leave cakes to sit on the side or cookies and we forget about them. And then, it, you know, it's obviously very sad, but also wasteful. <laughs> Be you know, look after your future self. Bake and then freeze. Um, also, fun facts about cake is that I love um, baking plant based. Not not because I you know I think if you can bake in any any way and that's that's brilliant. I personally, really like it because it gives me a very wonderful opportunity to be creative with um, with my baking I used to always bake gluten-free because one of my brothers is super intolerant so that would be my my thing and um, for his birthdays and stuff so he could eat the cake and enjoy it because it's so sad when you can't and you can make delicious cakes when they're plant-based so please know
0: oh my gosh you can the recipes are so great so nourishing so simple
1: yes if you can eat nuts um then adding ground almonds you know even just a little bit ground almonds does create that lovely moisture that you can get so creative of cake so please don't be afraid to sort of you know pour in a bit more creativity and have a bit more fun with it
0: yeah and what about some baking tips
1: Oh, okay. Oh my gosh. I just, this is, this is my fun part. Um, so baking tips, I think I never really follow recipes. Okay. And my mom would tell me off for this. She used to always bound into the kitchen and be like, what are you doing? Why are you like why, why is the recipe book? I was like, there's no recipe book. I'm doing it by eye. And she would just totally go berserk. Um, but it's, I mean, I think because it's such a practice of like TLC for me, I just sort of go into this weird zone and I love it. You know, always preheat your oven. Don't forget that part. Lining the tins, just do your butter, put a bit of flour, shake it around. That's, you know, faff free. Mm-hmm. Um, other part of baking add in your baking powder right at the very end because you want to be adding as much air as possible but when you add if you say if you add your dry ingredients and you add in your baking powder or your soda um, it starts reacting straight away so the best thing to do is make the batter and then put it in at the end and just give it a couple of mixes to get it combined because it does start reacting you want it to get in there and then go for it
0: I love that. That's like the last bit, isn't it? That's the last bit of the fizz.
1: And just another one is when you are, you know, when you've got your lovely bake out of the oven, just really be patient. That is the most important thing. Um, And it's something that I really struggle with because I just get so excited to decorate it. But please just take yourself away. You know, obviously take the cakes out of the pans, but just leave them somewhere to cool down totally before you begin to um decorate yes
0: yeah oh those are great <laughs> tips i i can't wait to see you on the great british Breakoff off one day emmy
1: oh wow it, you know people say that but that's actually like i mean as as i was saying like i just never follow recipes so i think um, yeah I wouldn't I don't think Paul Hollywood would like me very much because they're like flapping around but like look, I'm just having a good time Paul leave me alone. Where do you see the
0: cake and yoga club going?
1: Ooh, um so I really dream about the the day where we can open up a space um mm. and for me that would be like uh, rolling up everything that we care about and and putting it into a, a place that people can really come come to i mean obviously you can come to the the clubs that are in pop-up spaces but they're never are space you know i'll probably end up living there but um it will be a kind of a, i say a cafe but will sell mostly cakes and delicious to, to drink um hopefully we'll have license to have like a cocktail bar as well um so on wednesday nights i'd love to have like a book you can see i've planned this all out in my
0: planned head.
1: it. saying like the timetable wow that's embarrassing <laughs> can have like a book club there and it would just be a really comfortable beautiful place to be um with obviously like a yoga studio and and an event space as well so that is like my dream is to have like a physical space that can manifest all of the things that we really care about um and just feel like you're walking into a hug when you go there. And also retreats, which was something that was going to begin last year I'm on the Isle of Wight. I want to connect myself as much as I can to the island. So two retreats a year, I'm hoping to run. And uh, yeah, just see where it takes me, I think. Trying to make this dream of the physical space to happen. But you know, it's it's so difficult. I think financially, it's probably the most difficult thing to do. It's a huge... Yeah, it's a huge deal. So um, I feel like it's going to take me like 100 years, but (laughs) we'll get there. We
0: do talk about like, you know, it is very much on the financial point of view. We often as yoga teachers never really, really dive into that because we're always about love and light and wanting to give so much. But we've got to really recognize that, you know, sometimes we can have all these dreams, but we do have to really check back in and be like, okay, how can we really fund this and how can we really explore and, And all the support that people give by coming to your club and by taking our classes and by doing everything is going to really support that dream. So a massive thank you to all the students out there that are
1: supporting. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I mean, with all my heart, it really means the world to have support. And it's really difficult mixing yoga and what you're offering with business. But it's difficult because with business, it's all about trying to get growth and, um, you know, financials and things, but then it clashes with, well, I I think they could work together, but I also am very passionate about yoga being something that is accessible um, for absolutely everyone and somewhere where everyone can feel welcome um, to attend a class. So that's why, you know, donation based is something that I've really loved exploring because it means it gives an open door for people um to come along and yeah so I I, I don't know I'm finding that quite challenging because of course in order to keep on serving what we do serve we need to be able to support ourselves um and to allow whatever that passion project is to grow Mm -hmm. and so I'm just you know always checking in with myself just noticing the why behind what I do um and trying to remain as authentic as I possibly can be while still trying to enable Cake and Yoga Club to to grow and to serve in the best way it possibly can.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, you honestly are such a dream, my love. And I'm so, so proud of you. And I know I keep saying that to you, but I think sometimes it's easy to feel like you're on your own in all of this especially when you're your own business owner and working as sole traders as self-employed people it's very hard to have that community but it's so important that you do build your tribe not just with the work that you do but also the community that you serve in like I guess the people that do similar sort of work to continue to have that connection.
1: Yeah absolutely like I, I do feel like I want to make sure as I guess a business owner it feels so weird to say that but it's, it, I guess it's true and um, but also you know to really respect who I bring into Cake and Yoga Club in terms of you know how I how I pay teachers because as a yoga teacher myself I I recognize that you know it's it's a difficult one and it's it's not well paid and I I do think that needs to change because, you know, with the service that we're providing and the amount of heart and soul and time that goes into that is incomparable. And I think it should be, that should convert to, um, to money. Um, so yeah, it's, I, I, I think what we serve, you know, there's a lot of things that we do for free and I think that's really important and it's part of that growth and the yoga of it all. And um, but I also think there's a very fine balance. So I really hope going forward, I can um, really respect who comes on board the Cake and Yoga Club and make people feel valued really and truly through all elements um through appreciation, but also through money as well. Yeah,
0: exactly. And you do that. And I think it's such an important conversation. And, you know, I, I think everyone knows like yoga's had such a shift in like really understanding diversity and inclusion and all that. So by yeah. you really showcasing that through your guest teachers,
1: you're oh my god, already
0: driving that light.
1: Yeah that is the most important thing Um, and the thing that's very glaringly obvious to me as well um, with a lot of studios it's just it's something that we really need to address like really seriously need to address like immediately it's not just an afterthought as well it's not just like I think people are so blase, but it has real implications, not only on the teachers and the practitioners, or like people who want to give all this incredible stuff to the world, but aren't selected because of the color of their skin or because they don't look like the person who's doing the casting for the studio, and people just go to the people who look like them or hold the same values. Um, It's not only that, but it's also the people who attend the class as well they feel like they're being seen or they feel like they belong somewhere and it's really intimidating (laughs) with like a real whitewashed wellness industry you just feel like I don't belong there I mean I'm saying this as a a white sort of woman who's really privileged um, and I want to use that I guess that privilege to create space for others and I think that should be the mission of every person who has that privilege Yeah,
0: I I really do love your thoughts on that and just thank you for being so open and sharing because I don't think everyone's always open and sharing about them. It's been such a pleasure to chat to you about all things yoga and cake. So now we're going to go into our quick fire happy round. So what's made you happy today or something you've done to make yourself happy?
1: Okay so it's going to start with like how every morning starts is sort of you know slowly flopping into my kitchen and making myself that first cup of tea and you know really not <laughs> not picking up my phone really taking my time over it so you know the whole art of like brewing the tea you know taking it slow waiting for the kettle to boil closing your eyes, breathing, I think these mini rituals, although they only take you a couple of minutes, help you set the tone for the day ahead and help you have that moment as you're just slowly waking up to sort of, I don't know, just have that little bit of space for yourself. So that made me happy. And also getting outdoors um, into the sunshine, feeling the warmth on your face. And we live near a graveyard, which sounds um, maybe a bit morbid but it's not because it's beautiful and I looked in there just as we we're walking and I saw the bluebells just like erupting in this like wash of lilac and the daffodils and you know you get those moments of like ah, oh, springs on its way and it just feels so joyful so yeah those-
0: oh, I love that and I think you know with what you were saying obviously I'm always brewing chai in the morning but it's getting that right temperature isn't it when you can get like, mm. that tea in the right temperature
1: oh yeah the perfect drinking temperature and yeah like when I when I get that I really do guzzle it down it just oh it's just oh, so nice so
0: lovely <laughs> and also like what you said with obviously like sometimes we forget like within that darkness like where people think graveyards are darkness but there's always light there's always you know something yeah. to like bloom and shine and show that the life is still yeah. there yeah that's how I always think my mind always thinks in such a w- weird way
1: <laughs> oh, no it's lovely no that's such a like wonderful way to see it is like you know people see it as like a really like dark thing but actually it's full of life.
0: I love that and who inspires your happiness or your physical life?
1: Okay so the people who inspire me are I think my community of people who attend Kicking Yoga Club or are involved in any way at all um, and I think the reason why that is is because obviously we have we share similar values, but also I know that it takes courage to step out and maybe try something slightly different and um, especially when people come along on their own you know it's it's a statement, isn't it? It's like I'm doing this for myself, I'm gonna try something new and it is nerve-wracking and I, can, I you know as a student and a teacher, I completely feel that and I think it's so inspiring when people, try something new and step out to do something to look after themselves and I'm always trying to do more of that myself so yeah I just feel inspired by those people who are I guess I don't know doing the work for themselves and nourishing themselves and I think we all need to learn from that
0: self-development and self-work are like the most important things you can do for yourself
1: yeah yeah and a lot of people you know shut themselves off to that and i I find that the kind of people who come along to cake and yoga club are the, the sorts of people who are always looking for things to do like looking for different things to do like you know cooking classes or they're always they're always doing something and i feel inspired by that um to try new things myself
0: yeah i love that okay what are your top three tips for someone on the search for happiness
1: Oh, um. Okay, so the top three tips is the art of the art of TLC and and really sitting down and learning what that means to you. And um, so, like you know, getting out that piece of paper, writing on one side TLC and the other side non-TLC, and just you know dedicating um, like an hour or whatever amount of time that you have, sit there with your pen, and a cup of tea, and a bit of cake. And to write down on each side, like all the things that nourish you and make you feel good, you know, make you feel alive, like you're fizzed up. And then on the other side, all the things that maybe you do, maybe you, have, you, know, you fall into, into the habit of it and, um, you know, scrolling your phone for too long and um, being around um, spaces or people that may drain you um, and just taking note of all of those things. Because sometimes we don't even know. And we need a moment to reflect and just being aware of that list and having it somewhere around you, I think is really important to sort of remind yourself to do those things that, you know, nourish and bring you up. So I guess that's like a big tip, big meaty tip. So the second tip I have is setting boundaries. Um, So in whatever capacity that is, it might just be very, very subtle um, in order to look after yourself. So if there's people or places that you spend time in that drain you or just make you feel a little bit rubbish about yourself, then set those boundaries to kind of help navigate yourself away from that in in a healthy way. That would be another tip. And the third tip, is the power of solitude i think because a lot of the time we fill ourselves up with spending time with people and and i love that I'm, i'm quite an extrovert but i'm also sort of introverted as well and i think a lot of the time we need space to recharge so maybe that's a solo walk maybe that's just like carving out an evening just to be with yourself and maybe that's, you know, sitting and writing things down and journaling or just talking to yourself or right like sending a voice note to yourself. Um, but I do think it's really important to have that space for yeah. sure.
0: Oh, I love that. And I'm all about that. Like, I think that was a, a blog post I wrote about the lockdown life hack to, is all about like, you know, becoming your own best friend. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Be your own like support and your own, I guess, yeah, best mate and cheerleader because, you always come back to yourself that like, you know you're going to be with yourself for your whole life so you yeah. might as well love and support and you know cheer on and you know really take a moment to be still so you can listen to what's going on in there I, I think that is just so essential so yeah yeah
0: oh, those are amazing tips okay so next one is what would you do to make someone else happy right now
1: oh so right now of course we are still in lockdown so um I think what it would be usually it'd be like delivering someone a cake (laughs) I thought so (laughs) I could still do that but um it's not not quite as easy but I think just making time for people right now um so maybe that's just checking in with a friend you haven't you know, contacted for a while or just calling up a family member. Um, It's just so massively appreciated, you know, just receiving something from someone. Um, Maybe it's cool text or maybe you want to go, you know, the whole way, really push your boat out and write someone a letter. That's such a nice thing to do um, for someone. If you have the resources to do that, then um, maybe that's a lovely thing you could do to make someone happy.
0: I think, you know, we do sort of Become into this mindset where we're just like, Oh, yeah, I'll text them later, or Oh, yeah, I'll check in with them like next week or something. And you keep forgetting, and the time builds up, and then you're just like, Oh, I really hope that they're okay. And the best thing you can do is, you know, actually text them and tell them that you're thinking of them, because I think that really just makes such a difference when you know I haven't heard from someone in a little while, and then I suddenly get a message from them, I'm like, Oh, so. You are still thinking about me. That's, that's so kind. It's so lovely to hear from you.
1: Yeah, that's it. And I think it's so lovely just to sort of send out those little messages to people and um, just to keep in the loop because, you know, everyone's going through very different times right now in terms of, you know, how they're handling and how they're coping with, with this mad situation. So I think we've got to just, you know, look after ourselves, but also check in with others and, um, To sort of, you know, hopefully they're they're getting their TLC as well.
0: Okay, next one is what's an activity that makes you happy and that you'd like to recommend? So this is going to be the Find Your Fizz Happiness Challenge for the week.
1: Oh, okay. So um, find a recipe that you think that you can do, and you have all the things maybe in your cupboard already, or it's just going to be easy. We don't want baking to be stressful. Um, And then get on your comfiest garms. You know, your pyjamas, your dressing gown, whatever makes you feel good. Pick a playlist. Um, so we do have quite a few on Cake and Yoga Club that you can choose from, but maybe you just make your own of all of the bangers that just make you want to dance, want to move, um, put your hair up, and then just bake. Just bake. Just turn the volume up. Have fun with it. You know, get creative. Yeah. I think that oh. is like, just carve out some time to do that for yourself. And, you know, maybe you freeze some of them. Maybe you just gobble them with cups of tea. <laughs> maybe you share them with your neighbors. That's a lovely thing that you can do. Just drop drop a bit of brownie around to someone. Just make their day. Um, so, yeah, that's my challenge for you.
0: Oh, I love that. You know, all about the dancing and the making of cake. So definitely. And I've been looking at your recipes because you've got a couple on the Cake and Yoga Club website the zingy lemon looks so delicious
1: oh so good yeah i mean lemon cake especially at this time of year when we're coming into spring it's getting that sort of sunshine back in um
0: i'm all about the fruitiness like anything you know mm. passion fruit to berries to oh
1: oh yeah yeah. oh my gosh i can't wait for those cakes come the summer the summer and stuff it's going to be so good (laughs)
0: definitely okay and the last and final one what does finding your fizz mean to you
1: oh um finding my fizz means I think just really showing ourselves compassion Mm -hmm. and taking away any judgment taking time to get to know ourselves really and truly in, in a sort of very honest way um and I think having that consistently over years really helps us notice what does fizz us up um you know because we have to go through different times of knowing what really like makes us feel flat and with no fizz at all and then from that we can move in a direction so I think if you find yourself in spaces that you're like oh this is just not right for me then this is not a bad thing this is actually a great thing because it's helping you get a little bit closer to the things that do serve you and do make you feel fizzed up and happy so yeah be kind and compassionate to yourself and by doing so you'll find the sort of real thing that does make you feel happy
0: oh what a beautiful way to end that conversation honestly I feel those words and just thank you so much. And I'm so excited to be coming and actually being a guest teacher at the Cake When Yoga Cup. You know, mixing up all those ingredients on the mat. The mat is your mixing bowl. And then with the yoga, we're going to add in the ingredients. And then at the end, the shavasana is like eating the cake.
1: <laughs> oh, yes. Freshly baked out the oven. <laughs> I'm just visualizing, just like pulling out the oven, there's all these yoga mats and all these like really chilled out people. That's
0: going to be taking part on the 9th of March. Do you want to explain a little bit more about that?
1: Yes. OK, so it'll be the 9th of March on a Tuesday um, from 6 to 7. And Fizz is coming along to teach. We do um this flow called the Aldesco flow. And I say this because it's like, you know, al- alfresco. But al- mm, anyway, yeah, love it. it's it. <laughs> Basically, we've all been sort of sat um, at home, either we're working from home or if you're not working right now, a lot of the time, you know, we're watching our various screens and sometimes at the end of the day, we just need to open up and of course, everyone knows that Fizz is a heart warrior and um, And leads the most beautiful classes anyway. So she's going to come on to Cake and Yoga Club. um, We all know it's going to be the sort of like creating the cake and the recipe on the mat. And then uh, be prepared yeah, for lots of cake recipes. But it would just be lovely to come together as a community. It's donation based. um, So, you know, it's very much accessible for everyone um, to come along. So, yeah, it'd be lovely to see you there.
0: And how can people find out more about you and the Cake and Yoga Club?
1: So they can come along to the website, which has all the information. So it's just www.cakeandyogaclub.com. Um, or you want to find us on Instagram. So it's just at Cake and Yoga Club. And from there, you can also find everything. So yeah, just Cake and Yoga Club everywhere. Um, and you'll be able to just discover a little bit more in your own time.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much, my lovely. It's just been so lovely to catch up with you and hear how happiness is really just part of your life
1: oh thank you so much fizz it's just been the most glorious conversation it's so nice to just sort of like root unroot all of these little stories so thank you so much and i love i love what you're doing here sharing sharing the happiness is what you do best so yes thank you
0: thank you, thank you so much my love and Amy, you are definitely my cup of tea babe
1: oh i know you, you are mine as well <laughs>
0: Oh my goodness, how special was that? Thank you so much to Imi for bringing so much joy, light, love and happiness to find your fizz. It honestly meant the world to have her. Oh my gosh, it's so wonderful to see the Cake and Yoga Club come to life because yeah it takes a lot of gut and courage and perseverance to really make your dreams happen and i think imi has really showcased how much this dream means to her and to share the practice of how you can have cake and yoga and just yeah fulfill that art of having that tlc for yourself so thank you imi for the gorgeous reminder you are just such a gorgeous human and I am so proud of you. And I'm so excited to be coming on as guest teacher onto the Cake and Yoga Club on the 9th of March. So please do book on to that class. It will be absolutely amazing. And you'll also be supporting Imi's dreams of making her own space a reality one day. And I just cannot wait to see where she goes from here. So yeah, thank you. for just being a joy. Like always, if you did enjoy this conversation and it brought you some smiles, then please do rate, review, share and follow on all the different platforms. It honestly means so much to me to just see that tag on a post on Instagram that you have listened and I really do see them all and I really do appreciate them all. Still being this small little podcast in the world but I'm just so proud of my journey to this stage and yeah to see the numbers of you listening it honestly makes my heart beam please do share this with all your friends and family if you think that they'll like it as well and keep helping me build the find your fizz community I can't wait to do more but it's with your support that I'll be able to do that more so thank you guys I love you all And I'll see you again next week for another episode of Find Your Fizz. Bye for now. Fizz.